0: the fourteenth of august was the day fixed upon for the sailing of the brig pilgrim on her voyage from boston round cape horn to the western coast of north america As she was to get under way early in the afternoon, I made my appearance on board at twelve o'clock, in full sea-rig, with my chests, containing an outfit for a two or three years' voyage, which I had undertaken from a determination to cure, if possible, by an entire change of life, and by a long absence from books, with a plenty of hard work, plain food, and open air, a weakness of the eyes, which had obliged me to give up my studies, and which no medical aid seemed likely to to remedy. The change from the tight frock-coat, silk cap, and kid gloves of an undergraduate at Harvard, to the loose duck trousers, checked shirt, and tarpaulin hat of a sailor, though somewhat of a transformation, was soon made, and I supposed that I should pass very well for a jack tar. But it is impossible to deceive the practised eye in these matters and while i thought myself to be looking as salt as neptune himself i was no doubt known for a landsman by everyone on board as soon as i hove in sight a sailor has a peculiar cut to his clothes and a way of wearing them which a green hand can never get the trousers tight round the hips and thence hanging long and loose round the feet a superabundance of checked shirts a low-crowned well-varnished black hat worn on the back of the head with half a fathom of black ribbon hanging over the left eye and a slip-tie to the black silk neckerchief with sundry other minutiae are signs the want of which betrays the beginner at once Besides the points in my dress which were out of the way, doubtless my complexion and hands were quite enough to distinguish me from the regular salt who, with a sunburnt cheek, wide step, and rolling gait, swings his bronzed and toughened hands athwart ships, half-opened, as though just ready to grasp a rope. With all my imperfections on my head, I joined the crew, and we hauled out into the stream and came to anchor for the night. The next day we were employed in preparation for sea, reaving studding-sail gear, crossing royal yards, putting on chafing gear, and taking on board our powder. On the following night I stood my first watch. I remained awake nearly all the first part of the night from fear that I might not hear when I was called, and when I went on deck, so great were my ideas of the importance of my trust that I walked regularly fore and aft the whole length of the vessel, looking out over the bows and taffrail at each turn, and was not a little surprised at the coolness of the old seaman, whom I called to take my place, in stowing himself snugly away under the longboat for a nap. That was a sufficient lookout, he thought, for a fine night at anchor in a safe harbour. The next morning was Saturday, and, a breeze having sprung up from the southward, we took a pilot on board, hove up our anchor, and began beating down the bay. I took leave of those of my friends who came to see me off, and had barely opportunity for a last look at the city and well-known objects, as no time is allowed on board ship for sentiment. As we drew down into the lower harbour we found the wind ahead in the bay, and were obliged to come to anchor in the roads we remained there through the day and a part of the night my watch began at eleven o'clock at night and i received orders to call the captain if the wind came out from the westward about midnight the wind became fair and having summoned the captain i was ordered to call all hands how i accomplished this i do not know but i am quite sure that i did not give the true horse boatswain call of all hands up anchor ahoy In a short time everyone was in motion, the sails loosed, the yards braced, and we began to heave up the anchor which was our last hold upon Yankee land. I could take but small part in these preparations. My little knowledge of a vessel was all at fault. Unintelligible orders were so rapidly given and so immediately executed. There was such a hurrying about and such an intermingling of strange cries and stranger actions that I was completely bewildered there is not so helpless and pitiable an object in the world as a landsman beginning a sailor's life. At length those peculiar long-drawn sounds which denote that the crew are heaving at the windlass began, and in a few minutes we were under way. The noise of the water thrown from the bows was heard, the vessel leaned over from the damp night breeze, and rolled with the heavy ground-swell, and we had actually begun our long, long journey. This was literally bidding good-night to my native land.'